Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10 or two months access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader. Churches, businesses, charities and individuals have rallied to support disadvantaged families during this week's half-term break, inspired by the England and Manchester United footballer Marcus Rashford's campaign. This was after MPs voted last Friday against a motion to extend free school meal vouchers to the school holidays. The Reverend Lizzie Green, an assistant curate in the Diocese of Chichester, has written about the issue in the comments section of this week's Church Times, and I'm very pleased to be joined by her on this week's podcast. Lizzie, welcome to the Church Times podcast. Oh, hello. (laughs) You write um, in your piece this week both about your experience in your parish of childhood food poverty but also your own experience growing up um could you tell us first a bit about your own experience of this yeah of course um so i am the oldest of three kids um we grew up in london um and when i was very very young both my parents were working um but unfortunately they both had to kind of stop because of disability reasons um so money kind of dropped very, very quickly. And as you can imagine, with three children, there's an awful lot of expenses going on. And so although we had support from sort of the benefit system, as good as it was at the time, and other friends and family, we, we really did experience kind of all sorts of um, aspects of, of poverty, of food insecurity, of you know, not being able to have kind of the, the necessities or the same things that our friends had. Um, and it was very, very wide ranging. I think um, unless you've experienced it, it's it's quite difficult to understand how just how how many things that, that can affect. And were, and were school meals obviously very important at this time when, when there was food insecurity? Absolutely. So we received school free school meals, um, I think, from most of my sort of junior school upwards. Um, and makes a, I mean, it made a huge difference in terms of a. I think it released some money for other things. Um, you know, it's it's money that can then go on the things like electric meters or other things. Um, and b, just um, where one of the big things that you kind of notice when you're when you're struggling for money is that the um, cheapest food is generally the uh, unhealthiest. <laughs> so you know, it's very easy to buy kind of very very carb heavy very cheap food um, and so free school meals were, were great for us because it was actually kind of a point of being able to get kind of vitamins and vegetables and all those kind of helpful things and what happened in the school holidays yeah the school holidays were very difficult uh for for many reasons um but i i remember seeing um this week actually one of them i can't, I can't remember who it was but it was one of the members of the house of lords and he was speaking about his own experience on on free school meals and he spoke about that kind of sense of panic as the school holidays approached because we knew that they knew that the money would not stretch that far. And that I think that really struck me because it was a sense of panic and a sense of tension and a sense of, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, and, you know, the half term holidays might be a little bit easier, but by the time you get to the summer holidays and you've got three kind of growing kids, what do you do? Um so I remember kind of things like eating endless pasta and baked beans. Um, I, I've since found out, you know, there were definitely days where my parents didn't eat or didn't eat as much as they probably should have because um, that's how you fed children. Yeah, it was very, very difficult. And I do remember that sense of relief all round, I think, when September came and we knew that there would be that sort of level of support there. Was there support available from sort of churches or, or charities in your area at the time? There were. We certainly got support from our church, which was fantastic. Um, in terms of 
terms of charities, I don't remember much, but I think there was also that kind of sense of um, that difficulty of kind of admitting how difficult things were. So I'm not sure whether my parents were kind of actively looking because, you know, they'd worked all their lives. They were really proud of kind of what they'd achieved. Um, both my parents sort of um, left school very early and so they'd have to work really, really hard to get to where they were. And so that sense of kind of, I'm not sure we kind of want to admit how bad things are was quite strong. And, and looking today, um, you, you write about um, one particular case in your parish, but presumably that's um, more, more widespread. Could you say a bit about what, what you've seen in, in your parish experience of this? Absolutely. So um, I've been now in my parish for coming up for 18 months. Um, we are in Crawley, which is um, a couple of miles away from Gatwick Airport. So we have a lot of reliance on the airport. And we're in quite a mixed parish and quite a mixed area. So we have some areas of, of a fair amount of affluent and some areas that are really struggling. I think one of the things that struck me when I first arrived was going around to the different schools in our parish and two separate teachers telling me that they hated saying goodbye to children at the end of the summer. And it was because they knew that their children would be able to eat very well. Um, you know, their children would have lost weight by the time they came back in September. And one of those was infants. Um, six to seven year olds so we know that that is a huge thing and we know that that has been uh, much more of an issue since COVID because again so many of our families uh, locally are reliant on the airport so huge amounts have been furloughed or they've had their hours reduced or they've lost their jobs or been made redundant um, so we know that the problems are only are only increasing um, oh yeah, you, you, you write about um, an eight-year-old um, whose teacher found her slipping her school-provided breakfast into a bag for later. That's because she couldn't always eat dinner at home. And presumably this, this is a story that could be told many, many times across your parish and the country. Absolutely. Um, it's far from being an isolated case. And, um, you know, speaking to kind of youth workers and church leaders across the country, um, We've heard, I've, you know, I've heard so many stories of, about how important it is to um, support children because sometimes, you know, that is that is the meal that they're going to get. No, I mean, not only that, but, it, you know, I suppose there's, there's issues then that you can feed the children, but but the parents are still struggling. So, yeah, it's, an, it's definitely an issue that we've seen sort of repeated again and again and again. And uh, the government sort of performed a U-turn in the summer on this after Marcus Rashford's campaign. Um then they gave him an MBE, perhaps hoping that he'd now keep quiet, which he certainly hasn't. And he, he's been, yes, and he's, he's been mobilising and campaigning, um, particularly for half term. And, and Labour brought this motion to the House of Commons last Friday. Um, did, did you see any of that debate? And, and what, what did you make of the debate and the outcome? Um, I did watch bits of it. Um, it was it was a it was a very, very difficult watch um, because I think the thing that struck me was how little understanding there was of, of so many of these issues. And to vote against that motion almost felt like it was telling people that they didn't really matter, that their problems didn't really matter. And there was there were so many arguments posed against it. There were things like, well, you know, this isn't going, this is kind of a sticking plaster, it isn't going to solve any of the issues. Um, you know, we we provided different money, but at the end of the day. <laughs> this was something that could have helped people so much and it was voted against. And I, I just felt such a sense of shock and horror, actually, as I watched it. 
again because I you know I've been in the experience where I know how much that that would have meant and how much of a difference that makes. On that argument about a sticking plaster I think you quote in your piece um the Conservative MP Ben Bradley saying it's just a sticking plaster I'm not right in thinking you'd, you'd say it's not free school meals and holidays aren't going to solve the whole problem of childhood poverty but it, they're still very important um what what are some of the wider issues though that do need to be addressed yeah i mean i yeah i did watch it and sort of agree with him to a point but then think well you know um actually this is what we need while while we while we um address some of the wider issues so there are there are so many um right now we're in a system where if somebody loses their job or has a huge income reduction we have weeks and weeks of wait before they can get any support from the government officially it's in it's six weeks and that's um the official wait that's already been put in place but there are systemic admin difficulties and often people are waiting sort of three four months uh, before money comes in i think there are also issues um about people's access to just access to support access to knowing what's available you know, if you are struggling for things, for example, like Wi-Fi connection, um, so many of um, benefits are done online now. And of course, you know, we're in a pandemic, so you can't go into a job centre or a library to, to use their, their facilities. Um, we have issues, I mean, it's something we particularly face in Crawley, um, where we have a huge diverse population um, and many people who have settled here from other countries. And therefore, there are issues about just knowing even where to start with navigating a very complicated system. And even if you get that support, do you get it in the language that you need? We know from statistics that um, there are certain ethnic groups that are that struggle more with access to um, uh, support and systems. So there are so many kind of structural inequalities that are going on behind this which really quite seriously need addressing. But on the other hand, and the reason I think that Marcus Rashford's campaign was so important, is that while these issues are still carrying on and may take some time to address, we still have children in poverty in this country, um, which is projected to increase. We're projected to go up to something like 5 million children living in relative poverty in this country. So yeah, while it's not preschool meals won't solve this issue, it may stop children going hungry and... You know, I feel like as Christians, we're, we're called to do that. That's what we need to do, be doing, as well as kind of challenging the deeper issues that go on behind it. And what are um, some of the things you've seen churches in particular doing to address this? Or for, for churches who aren't currently doing something, what, how, how can they be helping? So there's been an uh, amazing outpouring um, across the country of people who are supporting with free school meals, with access to food and um other really important um, things uh, locally for example we have a baby bank who are supporting with things like nappies and stuff so again you know able to kind of uh, release some of the money for that so those are huge things I think that we can be doing um, practically I think perhaps one of the things we, we think maybe less about that is also as important is is I think one of the things that poverty does is kind of convince you that you don't have a voice or that your voice is not important and, you know, I remember growing up thinking, you know, children like me did not go to university, for example, as an example, you know, this is your place and this is what you do, because you don't know that you feel that you're not important. You don't you don't feel like you can do these things. And so I think maybe one of the things we're called to do as as a church is to think, OK, so how are we helping people's voices be heard? How are we working 
in a way that lets people tell their story and share the impact of what's going on? How are we listening to people? How are we praying to people? How are we paying attention to the marginalised? Um, so I think that goes alongside the kind of um, very practical action. And I think it's something that was very much missing from the debate. You know, we had a, a lot of people who were very privileged and actually some of the most powerful comments were from those MPs who were willing to say, actually, you know what, well, I struggled and this is what it's really like. Marcus Rashford's petition now has more than a million signatures. Do you think this will help change the government's mind? As a minister, I, I like to live in hope and prayer. And so I'd really like it to. Um, I think it will take a lot of courage for the government to do that and to admit that they have made a mistake. Um, I think it also would then involve kind of admitting some of the more systemic issues uh, around things like the universal credit system. So whilst I would love to, I think it will take a lot of bravery and integrity to do it. And I pray that our government finds the ability to do that because I think people's lives are being affected if they don't. Do you think there's any danger that the government seeing this sort of charities and churches and businesses stepping in it almost seems like the, the big society, which David Cameron once talked of? I mean, do you think there's a danger they'll think, well, it's being taken care of by the sort of third sector and the faith communities, so we have less responsibility? Yeah, I think I think that is a danger. Um, and I think, that, you know, we live in attention there, don't we, about, about that being an issue. I belong, for example, to a small but very, very um, giving church. Um, and I have seen examples where, you know, elderly ladies will save pennies so they can buy an extra tin of tomatoes for our local food bank. And so I think what I would want to say to the government about that is that there will always be people who are willing to step in, but they shouldn't need to. One of the things about a government is we should be protecting our most vulnerable because that's what defines our own values as a government, as a group of people. So whilst, you know, whilst I, I, I think that people will always step in, I, I would argue that it says an awful lot about how we treat our most vulnerable if we don't step in as a government ourselves. And just finally, uh, there have been a few bishops speaking out about this. I mean, do you think the, the voice of the church leadership has been loud enough on this issue? I have been really encouraged to see how many church leaders have been stepping in, but I would continue to encourage anybody who can to um, add to add to the noise, really. Um, we are called as ministers to protect the vulnerable, to speak out, to um, love people sacrificially in the way that Jesus Christ did. And so I've been so encouraged to see people step out, but I think we need to keep doing it and to keep the pressure up. You know, it's, I think it's so important that this isn't a one, kind of a one-shot campaign. And yeah, we've seen that in an example for, for, uh, from the incredible Marcus Rashford, who's really kept up the, the pressure. And I think that's what we need to be doing. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode. Thank you.